Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. Sorry, that's where I'm at. Back to where yeah, it all started, like, man. You know, it's a, yep. it was a fun, it's a fun two weeks, man, buddy. We'll get through it. Started from started from the top, and now we're here. Started from the top, <laughs> and now we're. Oh, I love there's it. There's your love uh, it. there's your episode title. There we go. There we go. Well, welcome everyone to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, joined by my dear friend, my compadre for life, Mister Than Harrington. How goes it? But a boy, it goes, sir. We're, uh, we're, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we're right back to it. We're right back to where we uh, probably should have been all along. Hot, hot start, giving us hope. Uh, and as I consistently tell you, it's the hope that kills you. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, such is life. It's a good thing we have three years of, of experience doing this. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just find the positivity. Yeah. Make make have fun no, with it. The, the positive thing I take away from this is no one else can hurt me more than this club can right now. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be a stronger person for it when it's all said and done. I love it. I love it. That's what it's all about, man. I say it all the time. Football's about the pain, baby. Um, so yeah. Um shall we just get into it? Shall Rip we just the band-aid off? Let's just, just, do, just it? do it. Obviously, our uh road first road tour of the 2023 season has not gone our way playing in very frigid temperatures and um we are a team uh that are basically iguanas and uh if it's cold we don't operate well but i have about three people from places that might be considerably colder than uh, south florida but the rest of them are from countries where it's pretty damn warm and are or have acclimated to the south florida heat so yeah it's been uh been two struggles um two frustrating games um we're, we'll get into all this stuff man but uh really got to find a way to, to pick it up on the road um we saw this last season road games are not our forte we do our best la familia does their best the community does their best to make drive pink stadium make our home stadium an absolute fortress and i mean we're just seeing a tale of two teams right here, man. It is literally a, you know, it's, it's two sided coin, right? And we're home seem to play well. We're away, especially if it's cold, not going, uh, not going swimmingly over here. Uh, so we did lose two Oh to Toronto, a little painful. Thought we had a lot of chances, lack some serious finishing. Um, and given the glaring injury of Gregory, we really didn't switch up the formation, right? Or necessarily too much 
of uh, of the the squad. There were a, a couple changes here. Formation was four two three one per usual. Um, kind of usual suspects, right? Calendar, Sergey, McVeigh, Negri. One little plot twist, which um, I think a lot of us were maybe a little concerned about before the game kicked off, was the addition of Harvey Neville taking over for DeAndre Yedlin, who was away welcoming his second child into the world. So congratulations, DeAndre. Um, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, Thane and I are both uh, very proud dads of one boy, older boy, and one younger uh, daughter. So uh, props to you, DeAndre. Very, very happy for you. Um, with a little mix-up, though, in the uh, the midfield, um, Mota, Bryce Duke got his start, Coco, Stefanelli, Pizarro, and Joseph. So nothing too glaring really out there, the addition of, of um, Bryce Duke stepping in for Gregory. What were your thoughts here, buddy, on this uh, this lineup or anything that struck your eye? Well, I mean, Neville, we already touched on. That was going to be a concerning point for me. I saw that, and uh, it was kind of out of the blue. I, de- I definitely missed it if it was announced prior to the start of the match. So, um, you yeah, know, not against it, but I also don't think he's – up to snuff like everybody seems to think he is uh, i mean that's his personal opinion i mean i know he played for united's academy i know he has some game experience um but having that youth uh i, I know it kind of goes against what i'm saying like because i've always touted noah allen as being able to step into that spot but I, I think noah is ahead of harvey in terms of readiness for the mls level do you think and, noah could step into that right back role because he's predominantly you know played that left back I think most players can make the switch, but you're going to be more effective with the, the one you're, I guess, most used to, whatever your strongest I would foot probably, may be. I would say if we had to do that, it would be Noah going left and McVeigh going right, if I'm being honest. Um, Fair. But Noah probably could. The only reason I'm against Harvey, like I said, is that he hasn't shown enough, either at the lower levels, in my opinion, or the limited time he's gotten to really warrant a start in a spot that we're really going to need to pick up some points from. Uh, this was not going to be one that we should have dropped all three from. Uh, you know, Insigne was out. Uh, that, that obviously hurts their squad, or at least we thought it would. <laughs> um, and it was, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen something else. Uh, yeah, Sergey, go for it. You've got your Ukrainian uh, mountain man in the middle there. You knew he was always going to be up for the cold weather. Uh, you know, McVeigh old reliable right there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Punisher himself out, out in the other back spot. It's, uh, it, it could have been well, but it did not go well. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to argue anything about, um, Academy or inter Miami too, going back to when it was Fort Lauderdale CF, right? I mean, you know, that probably better than I'd argue most people that cover this team. Uh, that's really, um, what you focus on for, for several years there. Um, but I will, I guess I, I shared your concern and hesitancy when it was announced and it was announced, you know, as the lineup does, you know, 30, 45, sometimes an hour before the game. Um, really impressed. I was really impressed, especially in like the first 20 minutes. Um, he showed, uh, in my eyes, in my opinion, confidence, um, showed character and class out there, man. And, and it's like, I'm not sure if Robbie Taylor is, is teaching this man some footwork skills. I was not aware he had 
the the foot skills to to hit some of these skill moves and kind of throw people off just to get a little edge and get around them. Um, but I, I thought he was you, you're running down that that right hand side pretty freely in those first again 15, 20 minutes. So um, is he ready to take that spot on? Don't think so. I think obviously Yedlin is the cemented guy given all his experience, right? But thoroughly impressed. I think he could come in there, uh, you know, if Yedlin takes a knock or, or something like that, or just needs to be relieved. I mean, we're going to get into, uh, you know, some other tournaments throughout the season. So could be an asset, but I was impressed with what I saw. And I think that there's a lot of room for him to still grow. Obviously comes from a pretty damn good pedigree. Um, you're very aware of that. But uh, father and uh, and uncle both played uh, for Man United. Uh, very respectable as well. So um, pretty impressed. Want to see the kid continue to grow. Um, yeah, and I mean, Negri's been such a stud. Like, I really am a big Negri fan. So I, I think he's probably the greatest addition that uh, we've made this offseason that I've seen. I think Stefanelli has a lot of potential. Uh, potential. Potential. That's a fun word. A lot of potential. And a lot of people are asking for Jake Lacava. A lot of people. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Joseph up top, man. Just the struggles continue. I think you said it probably better than anyone I've heard it, right? We're, we're playing Campana ball with, uh, with Yosef. And Yosef is much, much smaller. Um, Campana can, you know, he's a target man. He's a number nine. He'll, he'll back you down. He'll use his body. He's physical. He's also very beautiful. Um, sorry, <laughs> but uh, you know, Yosef has a great record in the MLS. He has struggled in recent years. Years you can tell that he's hungry and he wants it. He just wants to pop that cherry. And a lot of people thought he was going to score this game. You know, there there've been some chances, man, but he just hasn't been able to capitalize. And Campana won't be here for uh, the upcoming game. Um, and I'm starting to get more and more concerned with that injury that that might be a lingering thing throughout the season. Um, and Robbie Robinson still out. <laughs> I guess like our forward options are really just Yosef, Coco, and um, and Ari Lassiter uh, until you know maybe look all the steps on. Don't forget about uh, Borgelin. Yeah, he's out oh. with a little bit of a knock right now. Of course, uh, but he will be coming back at some point. The Haitian My, Holland. Yes, the Haitian Holland. Uh, let's yeah, let's not talk about Holland. Um, <laughs> but my only big surprise going back to this lineup given what we had discussed on the previous episode about how the weather is going to take a major effect against this team i mean let's be honest it was negative five i think it was with 25 mile an hour winds why wouldn't you include robbie taylor from the start yeah he's already used to those conditions he has former experience playing with stefanelli let that let that team who has some folks that are already used to that weather get together and gel early on I'm not saying it's all the weather, but if you've ever played any type of sport, when it's that damn cold out, it doesn't matter. Like it, you can be the best athlete in the world, unless you're obviously you know like a winter Olympic athlete, and yeah. you're going to be bothered by that. Yeah, so, I mean it hurts. Like if you're breathing rapidly in freezing yep. winds, your lungs hurt. And someone made the comment, and I'm kind of with you, right? Like, can't blame the weather. You're a professional athlete. You go out there and you play in the environment. That's what you're supposed to be able to do. It, it will have an effect though, but someone made a very point, a good point. Like MLS, we understand, or Apple TV rather, I guess we understand your desire for this wraparound show. But if you're going to play in dangerous temperatures like that, you should really consider maybe having the game at three o'clock or one o'clock yeah. where the sun's out and it's not, not as cold because I mean, you live up North, right? It gets cold up there and yeah, I don't know, man. 
I'm, I can't, my blood thinned out. I'm through and through Florida now. So, yeah, I mean, where I grew up, it was, there was winters where it was negative 20, negative 25 with, you know, the wind blowing off Lake Ontario. I couldn't do that anymore. My blood's thinned out. And, you know, I've complained to you about 40 degrees nowadays. Mm -hmm. I can't do that anymore. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. MLS needs to get with it. And it definitely showed with the Toronto fan base that is always so passionate about their club. I was I was genuinely shocked, but not really overall surprised maybe about the lack of fans in the stands just based off of the weather conditions. Yeah. So that might be something that they're going to have to review here in the upcoming seasons. Um, but yeah, definitely need to do better by that MLS. You got to get the, uh, got to get this right for the fans. I agree. I really do agree. They showed a shot, showed a shot of like one section. It was, it was just empty. Uh, I would imagine that's probably pretty high up where the wind's just drilling you nonstop. But uh, go ahead and run us through the match highlights and how this game broke down. All right, so we're not going to spend too much time on this because we've already ripped the Band-Aid off. We're going to try and stop. We unfortunately don't have a a player interview lined up to to cover (laughs) this. You could interview me. Yes. How about that? Just interview me for No, I'm kidding. So, all right. Uh, game started off 15th minute yellow uh, for Michael Bradley. Uh, 48th minute after, you know, contentious back and forth. Uh, missed opportunities on both ends. Osorio broke the deadlock for Toronto. Uh, Larea and Bernadeschi, you know, assist. Uh, great ball in by Bernadeschi um, from the set piece. So, uh, you knew it was going to be him. If it was anybody on this team, it was going to be him pulling the strings. Um, a minute later, Larea gets a yellow, uh, and then halftime. So it was pretty, it was pretty dull. Let's just put it that way for the first half. Like I know we usually go a little more in depth, but there really wasn't much to recap on. There wasn't any dramatic Drake calendar saves. There wasn't any, you know, glaring missed opportunities. It was just a dull midfield brawl for the first half. What do you think, Jay? Uh, I mean, I agree. It was, it was a, it was a frustrating, uh, half, I think. Um, uh, we did create a couple chances. I thought had some decent looks and we just, we weren't, we weren't on our game man. we weren't, it was, it was tough. You could tell that there's obviously some pain from Gregory not being there, but, um, I'm, I shared the same sentiment as Phil, right? This isn't a, a Gregory problem per se. Like, yeah, he's a, he's just been consistent, especially throughout like last year. I don't think he's found his consistency this year. I think if you look back to the NYCFC game, Last week, also a cold game, he was getting ran past. I mean, he didn't seem effective as that that stout CDM uh, that he has been. I think we're we're really struggling um, getting from the midfield into the attack and getting a good look. We're Yosef needs a, a distinct kind of service, right, to to be able to to really blossom. And I don't think that we're getting that. It's a it's a frustrating game. We need to find someone else. Like if we're taking a a free kick with a, if you want to take a shot on, on goal, on a free kick mode is your guy. If you want to try and connect on a cross on a free kick or on a corner, he's not your guy. It, it, there were so many, so many times he can't even beat the first man or the ball's way over and just missing everybody. And it, it's just, it's frustrating. It's, it's tough to watch that and kind of flounder our chances and pull us back to, I guess <laughs> what we've grown to know, the, the club struggles to be. It's kind of the same thing. Um, and it's tough. You know, I mean, I, I didn't, it wasn't like we were completely, you know, it, the, the stats weren't slanted. I mean, they were, you know, pretty, pretty fair and balanced, you know, maybe outside of 
shots taken, but the rest of it is just, we weren't really effective. Toronto was able to, to break through the lines on a couple occasions and they capitalized. Um, and Bernadeschi, uh, I mean, you knew who's going to be involved with no Insigne, which we were all happy about. Like, oh, great. That's great. You know, we were missing Gregory. They're missing Insigne. That's fine, right? Two integral parts of how the team was built. Uh, but it didn't really matter. I mean, that little, his just skill, that little back hill, everything, every, everything was nice. Um, I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. So why don't you go ahead and take us uh, through the second half? Yeah, absolutely. So it started off um, Toronto substituted in the 62nd minute, Kerr out, Akinola on. And then we went for the substitution in the 63rd minute, Pizarro out, Robbie Taylor on. I honestly thought that might be a turning point. Again, you know, I'm high on Robbie Taylor. Unfortunately, there was a goal in the 69th minute for Toronto. Mark Anthony K dunked on us in the box uh, with an assist from Bernadeschi. Again, it, it, you always knew it was going to be him. I, I can keep saying it. You knew Bernadeschi was going to be that guy. Uh, and then, you know, the game played out pretty much like we thought it would. Toronto was pretty much parking it from there. They didn't have to go for anything else. Uh, substitution in the 72nd minute, Neville out, Yola on. Uh, 80th minute, Duke out, Kermeshi on. 81st minute, Coco out, Lasseter on. Uh, and then Robbie Taylor got a yellow in the 83rd. And right at the 90th, Bernadeschi got subbed out to an applause from BMO Field. Vasquez came on, and that was it. It was a wrap. We'll say well-deserved uh, applause, especially with that. It was the first goal to Osara with that little beautiful back hill to the overlapping run, mm-hmm. just in a great cross and, and finish. Um, got exposed. That, that, that's what happened. Um, one thing that, that irked my gears um, – I do like the Robbie Taylor early substitution. I honestly probably would have left Pizarro in, um, just my preference, but I like that. What I, I wasn't necessarily a fan of, and you know, the Neville out, you you on 70, 72nd minutes, fine, but like, why not take Duke out and put Kermashi on? Why not take Coco out and put Ari Lasseter in in the 72nd minute? Like, you're, you're already down too. Why are you giving the any chance of kind of making a, a difference in this game with some fresh feet, especially the speed of Ari Lassner. You only give him nine minutes here, man. You know, nine minutes of regular time. I would like to see some earlier substitution when the game is, is getting out of hand. Um, I just, that was my, my one knock. And, you know, we've been, we've been very, very fair to Phil Neville. And it's been, you know, especially the first two weeks, good season, but that's the, that's the one knock here. Um, and also I was expecting a formational change. Uh, which we didn't really see. So I think she's got to go to the lab, tinker some things out, uh, come out with uh, with another option and, and see if we can piece this together. Uh, we did mention that Gregory was out. We recorded last week on, I don't even remember what day it was, Sunday or Monday. The news wasn't really out of what the injury was. So it's a, it's a Liz Frank injury, right? Um, you see that happen quite a bit in uh, in American football. And it's, uh, it's kind of a... a I don't want to say like painful. It's more like of an annoying thing. Like you could honestly play through it, but you're just not going to be nearly as effective. Kind of really run or cut full speed. The recovery time is incredibly slow. Anything with the, with the feet, is it the metatarsals or the metacarpals, whichever ones are on your feet? Uh, those things, you can't really do anything. You're, you just, your foot heals. You're going to be off your feet for a while. So unfortunately we're going to be out with, be without Gregory for uh, probably about six months is what you know most people are saying. So we're going to have to figure out, figure out some sort of other option here. Does that lead to, you know, does that change our summer transfer plans? Potentially. We'll have to see. 
Um, but I, I also think that we kind of shot ourselves in the foot here. And I know you're going to agree with me on this completely because we're sick of the 29th reiteration of the messy saga. But like we kind of put all of our cards, um, all of our, well, all of our marbles in one bag. I don't know, basket, whatever, whatever I'm trying to say here is we basically planned everything around being able to get messy. And if we don't get messy, then we didn't really look into the other areas that we could have improved in the meantime. We're just holding out that all of our eggs in one basket. There we go. So I'm growing really concerned here. Obviously mess would be great, but it's such a still a long shot. And we could have had uh, another pretty stout CDM option. Right now we don't really have another CDM option. We've Uyoya, who's a band-aid, um, who can play, you know, on the back line if he needs to, or in the midfield, but he's not like he's not gonna go out there and really change a game for you. Right? He'll hold it together. Um, if the ship's going down, the ship's gonna go down. If it's staying afloat, it's gonna stay afloat he's not really going to be the one to, to change it for you. Love him, respect the hell out of him. But maybe we should have prioritized some reinforcements to some other areas instead of just holding on to this number 10 for Messi or this number five for Sergio Busquets. Uh, clear concern. I think we have to find a new formation for a bit and see what works. Agree, disagree? Where do you stand? I mean, I agree. I, you know, my stance, I've never wanted either of them really to come to the club. So why not focus on the here and now rather than the maybes? Why not focus on what we needed to address now rather than seeing if we could outduel a PSG or a Barcelona in terms of contract offers for both players? I, I don't, I'm going to continue my stance. I don't like the idea. I know it's going to be great for the game here. It's going to be great for the MLS. So be it. But we are currently, as you said, putting all of our eggs into one basket that very may have the hole in the bottom of it that's just going to fall out eventually and all of our eggs are going to go crashing to the ground. It's not going to be a positive thing for the club if we lose out on this or, God forbid, he signs somewhere else in the MLS, right? How stupid would that look that we put all of our eggs into one basket and then he goes off and signs, like, let's just say for St. Louis, yeah, or Al Hall or whatever it is. Oh, God, if he goes to St. Louis, so that, if he goes anywhere else in the MLS, that's really going to burn. But isn't like Al Hall yeah. offering him like 190-something million, trying to match like that Ronaldo yeah. and that Saudi Arabian League? Well, then not even that, but uh, yeah, there was uh, rumors from uh, Mundial Deportiva that Busquets was being entertained by Toronto. So, again, they seem to be okay in their uh in in their dp spots they could buy down a couple of folks at toronto um but still i mean it could could just not go our way so i don't know i mean we could sit here and wonder all day long about what we're doing but at the same time we got to move forward so how about we talk about these stats there jay let's get uh, into looking it. at these you get yeah, into it. these game stats yeah i'm gonna get into it it uh if it's first time listening we always go miami first and our opponent so Miami had nine shots to Toronto's 12. We had three shots on target to Toronto's six. Possession was 52% to 48% in favor of Miami. Uh, passing accuracy, 81% to 80%. So, hey, at least we had that going for us. Uh, chances created, Miami zero, Toronto two. Corners, four to Toronto's five. We had 14 fouls to Toronto's nine. We both had two offsides. We lost the yellow card battle, two to one to Toronto. And again, I know I keep bringing this up, but I know you're tired of me talking about it. Aerial duels won. 
22% to Miami, 78% to the opposition. Pretty bad. Got to get better with that. Pretty bad. And uh, what are the metrics for the chances created, right? We did have nine shots, just most of them are (laughs) well off target. Yeah, you know, it it just, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, we had nine total shots, four missed completely, two blocked outright, and then three that were on goal. But, um, yeah, that's something we should definitely look at going forward for the next match. Um, Looking over at our passing network, it was pretty much identical to what Toronto had. There wasn't a lot of movement up the field. Uh, Pretty much if you took Toronto's passing network and we overlaid it on our own it looked very similar a lot of passes back from the keeper uh surprisingly enough though calendar's main target going out the back was chris mcveigh Hmm. that line is thick as thick can be to chris mcveigh and then it was chris mcveigh to mota to duke and then that's where they, they tried to get duke to give the ball out you could see a lot of different lines going from duke's number to different positions but it was very very weak uh, Coco probably had the weakest one. He was rarely looking to pass the ball over to Joseph Martinez in the box. So that would be an that would be an area I would look at at least if you go down and look at the pass network. So interesting. Also notable um, in terms of where our attack was coming from, primarily it was down the right hand side, but where the shots were coming from, it was primarily down the middle in the left hand side. So pushing down that side, but not really. I guess finding success there and, and at, um, you know, going, going back to the inside, which is good. We do want to have the majority through the middle, but um, I'd say a less balanced game than, than kind of how we've, uh, we've started this, this season, not by a ton, but just something notable to, you know, be aware of. Um, I don't want to do this for any more than we have to. So let's, uh, let's move on to the good needs improvement and the bad. Yeah, so, I mean, for the good, I mean, I will give you Neville's first 20 minutes. Yeah, that was probably our, our bright spot. Um, you know, Sergey continues to impress, uh, and I will give Negri and McVeigh nods that they did probably the best they could in the position they were in. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to just go down through mine real quick, and then we can bounce back to yours if you're cool with that. Yep. Uh, needs improvement. Obviously, we need to find Gregory's replacement. You already hit that one. Need, uh, game substitutions, we already talked about. Uh, I did put in there, where is LaCava? Mm-hmm. Where is he? <laughs> where, where, where is he? That would be nice to know. That would be that'd be, that'd be be great. Uh, and then the ugly, I think anybody who can see at least even a tiny bit or understand the game a tiny bit, uh, we'll know this or can see this, but our final third play is horrendous right now. Absolutely yep. horrendous. Yep. It's, it is grade school level passing and it's, it's a lot of, and I hate saying this cause this brings me back to 2021 flashbacks, but it's, it's a lot of different parts and not a, and not a well-oiled put together machine. We're just kind of throwing stuff out there to see how it works and forcing it in there rather than trying to be creative about it, which is a far cry from where we were two weeks ago. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, I would say the good, uh, no one got injured. So (laughs) I'm going to take that. That we Um, know of. Yeah. That we know of. Um, like seeing Harvey. So we'll agree with you on that one as well. 
Um, but yeah, man, not not too much good. Uh, need need improvement. You said it, man. Final third play. Create some space. Have a go. Stop squandering your chances. It's a, it's it's very frustrating to uh to watch. Um, get more shots on goal. I know this is easier said than done, but that is getting uh you know really really frustrating. Uh, needs improvement. Obviously, we're gonna have to figure out what this midfield is and who's gonna be our our true number six in this because we can't really work a double pivot the way that we want to in the way that we uh we have. Um, so if we can figure out what that midfield's gonna look like and ensure that they can get that ball up into the attack and in open spaces. Um, and with this, I, I need to see more from Stefanelli as well. Um, he's had flashes, but nothing consistent to, uh, to write home about, uh, the ugly for me is the damn crossing. Now, and this is, I know I've kind of mentioned quite a bit about Moda. He's definitely, you know, especially on free kicks and corners. Yes. Um, but just the team in general. The crossing is horrible. Can't be the first man. Well, way over. Just, we can't, like, yes, we did score a corner and, uh, you know, in the first game of the season. Sure. Cool. But he basically, like, thrust that in. It wasn't connecting with his head. It was not a beautiful corner goal. So until we can get that figured out, we're really basically leaving ourselves with having to find a way to, to get in to the middle of the field and, and get a shot off you know, straight up aiming right at the goal. Like if, if we can't create some chances from the outside that are effective, then basically every time we're just giving the ball away whenever we're going for a cross or a free kick. It's absolutely atrocious to see. Um, you know, I know it's CMLS and it's not, you know, a power five league or, you know, top five in, in Europe, whatever you want to call it. But holy crap, man. <sighs> Phil's just going to have to start running these people, just nonstop running crossing drills until he can identify who the hell can make an accurate cross. I'm fairly confident that either one of our kids could have gotten that ball farther on some of those corners than Mota did. I was, it, it was abysmal. I, I do not like being the negative guy. I try to find the positive in, in, in everything, but there's nothing good to say about that. He didn't even beat the first man on a corner kick sometimes. It's ugh. it's crazy that he can it's bang him. Concerning. He can bang him from thirty plus yards with ease. Like <laughs> you can't kick the ball more than what is that like 15, 15 yards? Like come on, man. Yeah. Like just yeah. get under the and ball, then, put it in the air. Let's let one of our bigger defenders get up there and be able to get ahead to it. You know, and the crazy thing is, the ones I'm thinking of, the wind was blowing in his favor. Yeah. So all he had to do was just get it out there, and the the wind was going to get underneath it, and he couldn't even do that. So, I don't know. Let's let's close the let's close the the story on this terrible game. Let's let's uh, stitch up this wound and patch it up for one more week before we uh, have to reopen it again. Uh, hey, the rankings are out. <laughs> I know you're excited to talk about this. <laughs> uh, so power rankings, we are. 18th which is down five spots from last week so that's fun and to be fair that's that's accurate that is an accurate they, they love us in that area they really do love us in that area and um yes. can't complain maybe this is karma for kind of um maybe heavily disagreeing to be politely with the espn power rankings after uh after week one and, and week two but um yeah well, he's a tool i'll still yeah. say it <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah, I mean, 18, um, could be worse, right? Could be worse. 
let's um, try and stay positive. Um, what is it? The, the, the Red Bulls like, just won their first game too. So, look, let's be happy we, we won two games. We at least jumped out the gates hot. And in terms of standing, we're still doing better than any other season we've played. So uh, where are we in the Eastern Conference, sir? So Eastern Conference, we are still in the hunt for that playoff spot. We are in seventh as we currently talk. Yes, it's March. Yes, I'm talking playoffs. Don't at me about it. Uh, We are currently behind Philly in sixth, NYCFC in fifth, Nashville in fourth, Cincy in third, Revs in second, and Tiago Almada. I'm sorry, I mean Atlanta in first. (laughs) Because let's be honest, without Almada, I don't know how that's going. It was the Uh, filthiest goal. I think uh, he needs he needs to stop. He's going to break the MLS transfer record. Yeah, it was. I, really, I, I will say it now. Really impressive. Um, yes, um, we're not tied with anybody, and we are ahead of TFC in eighth, Orlando in ninth, and Red Bull in tenth. So, uh, you know, what I love them. It's gonna. Huh? You know what I love is that we are we're such a charitable team that we like to give teams their first wins of the season. And mm-hmm. going back to NYCFC, and now look, NYCFC has won two games and they've jumped us. Um, and then we gave Toronto their first win. We're lucky that the playoffs have been expanded this year, so as long as you're nine and up. But it's also, right, with Toronto and, or- and Orlando behind us, basically rounding out the playoffs, it is pretty, I think, pretty important, pretty crucial that we bounce back this week in the the game we're going to have here, uh, which we'll get into here shortly. But I would really, really thoroughly enjoy a season where we're above that playoff line for the majority of the season. I don't want to have to crawl our way back up again like we have the past three seasons and just go through that stress every single game. We got to get it turned around here. I enjoy the constant heart attacks of 2022. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fairly certain my doctor didn't, but I definitely did. So yeah, right. we're, uh, yeah. Well, but, before we jump hey, into, uh, before we jump into supporter shield, just do want to give a quick rundown of the Western conference. So shout out St. Louis first expansion team to ever win their first four games. Good on you. Love to see expansion teams do well and hate to see expansion teams do well. But, um, <laughs> Five-point lead in the West. Still so early, but impressive. Uh, They're number one, followed by LAFC, Seattle, Dallas, Minnesota, Austin, San Jose, Salt Lake, and Houston rounding out the playoff hunt as it stands in the West. Bye-bye, LA Galaxy. Just Yo, I know we have our problems, but I don't want anything with their problems. That is, you know, Taking everything aside, it is a shame to see uh, an institution of the MLS in shambles. And I don't even think shambles is even the right word. It is, it is not good what they're uh, what they're currently going through right now. So, if you think we've got it bad here, or if you ever thought we had it bad here, take a look at what they got going on over mm-hmm. over there, and and really put what we've got under the microscope. Um, yeah, supporter shield, sir. Uh, we currently sit in twelfth. Not bad. I'll take it. Not bad. Uh, we are currently behind Philly, NYCFC, Minnesota, Dallas. Don't Nashville. you know? Sorry. I have, oh, every every time. Know. Every time. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, nah, it's okay. We'll just call it Don't You Know FC going forward. <laughs> so, uh, Dallas, Nashville, LAFC, Cincy, New England, Atlanta, and the previously mentioned St. Louis. 
So if you predicted St. Louis, which I don't think any of you did, there you go. That's who's in first right now. We are in t- uh, we are tied with Austin and San Jose, but we're ahead on goal differential. And we are ahead of TFC, Orlando, Red Bull, DC, Columbus, and RSL. Uh, again, pretty fair. I mean, I know it's not like a... It's not like a power ranking where we're rated like that, but you know, to see who we're ahead of, yeah, okay, cool, I can understand that. See who we're uh, behind, yeah, absolutely. Uh, minus Philly, who we will talk about here in a minute uh, and how their weekend went. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts, Supporter Shield? Do you, I mean, I, I think we're still in the in the mix right now, but if we drop another couple games here, we're going to be in some early hurting. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I like it. I'll take it, right? Let's learn our lessons. Let's let's get this figured out quick if we can. Again, we don't want to be trying to claw our way up. Let's let's scrap up above this playoff line, uh, you know, when we can. And, and again, still a very long season and ultimately four points off first. Three points, one win off second, assuming those other teams lose, of course, right? So still within reach. Um, early wake up call might be, might be a good thing. Might light a fire up under Phil. I'm not going to assume he took his foot off the gas or anything, but maybe, you know, maybe the whole team got a little complacent with their play. And, uh, you know, I always like when, uh, you know, Louisville Cardinals or Florida state, I like when they lose a game before March madness, not this year. Cause neither made the tournament cause they're horrible this year. But traditionally I like to lose a game right before we go into March madness and more specifically like the ACC tournament, right? Ground yourself. Bring yourself back to reality, get that hunger back in you, then you go on your run. So we'll see. This team's hit, you know, pretty stupid runs in the past, like six and 11 unbeaten, I think, for one stretch. Like it, 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 it's still possible. It's still very early. So um, yeah, we'll take it, man. You know, I, I, we're still in it. We got to stay positive. We just got to get it together. The good news is uh, we do get um, get a home game coming up here. And uh, it's going to be much needed, I believe. And I think the, the team will do well with feeling La Familia's undying, unwavering support. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a perfect segue into who we are playing next, sir. It is against Chicago. We are playing them at Drive Pink on the 25th at 7.30 p.m. You don't need to bring your parka. We're back home. Bring out your uh, shorts, your flip-flops. Let's have a good old time here. Uh so, hey, don't know about, about Chicago? Don't worry. Neither did I until just about three hours ago. So, hey, they were founded in 1997. They played at Soldier Field, uh, or they still play at Soldier Field. Some say they're the most relevant team that plays at Soldier Field. Uh, trophies won. They actually won the MLS Cup in 1998 and the U.S. Open Cup in 1998. So their first legit season, they won the double. Good on you. Haven't been back since. Uh, Supporter Cup 2003. They also won the U.S. Open Cup in 2000, 2003, and 2006. They have pipped us on the all-time record with a all-time record of Chicago 2, draws 1, Inter-Miami 1. Recent run of form, they've drawn two and lost one. They've given up three to Cincy. It was a 3-3 draw. They drew NYCFC 1-1, and they lost to Philly one to nada. So the only you know, winless team in the Eastern Conference right now is Chicago, sitting in 15th place at the very bottom of the Eastern Conference. This, um, I'm not gonna say must win, right? But this is a pretty crucial game. 
you do not want to lose to the worst team in your conference. That will suck some confidence right out of your soul. Um, thank God this is a home game uh, because it is pretty, pretty clutch. Um, they did get to late addition of uh, signing who I respect. And I also still kind of hate from, uh, from you don't season. respect him. You don't respect <laughs> I him. Do. No, you don't. So players to watch. We got Kai Kamara. Yeah, the the shoo. celebration for Montreal. <laughs> yeah, instead of Sue, he goes shoo. shoo. Anyways, <laughs> we got Chris Mueller. We got Casper Prichbelko, and we've got Jordan Shakiri. Uh, you know they got a they got a lineup there that could have probably actually do some damage if they were able to just put it all together. Yep. yep. So far they haven't. Uh, they haven't. Uh, they also have this Jairo Torres guy who's a uh, uh, yep. young uh, young DP. So um, there's a little bit of, a, of excitement uh, around this man. But the good news, well, we said that before, didn't we? Um, Shakiri will not be at this game. He is going to represent um, his country. Uh, for the uh, internationals. So he will be gone doing Swiss things with his Swiss buddies. So that's <laughs> big plus, right? I mean, pretty crucial uh, midfielder for them. Casper um, Shabelko, not a good year last year in his first year, but the dude can bang in some goals. He was really great coming in to the league um, with Philadelphia. So, uh, Mueller scored a pretty nice goal last week and, um, they're coming in with a bit of confidence, right? Three goals. They just all, you know, lose two. So, uh, they're coming in there. Um, again, they're the worst team. So you gotta be confident. You gotta be confident going into this, but, um, yeah, gotta get it figured out quick, man. Yeah. I mean, again, you, I know we go into this time and time again, we're like, Oh, batch predictions. Let's go ahead and, and and say what our heart wants us to say. I'm gonna say it's gonna be because don't forget we're losing folks too. So I'm gonna say two one Chicago. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, with our recent run of giving folks their first win. So I'm gonna say two one Chicago. We're going one zero Inter Miami. I think we bounce back at home. Um, you know, I know we mentioned about like Gregory, um, obviously being gone, but like the, the defense in the midfield wasn't necessarily as glaring of, of a concern. Like we were still able to, even, you know, on the back four, we, we were still able to, to steal the ball a decent amount of time. So I'm thinking that we get a formational change here. Um, we got to give something a, a new try here, but I think that, you know, our, our home is a fortress. Um, nobody has scored on us at drive pink this year. Drake's been uh, in substantial form. Um, you can't really blame him for the, uh, the Toronto goals. You can blame the midfield. You can blame uh, the back four if you want to, but kind of tough to, to put those on Drake. So I think he is back to being the sticks God. Not that he ever wasn't, uh, but I think we really rally. Defense steps up, holds him to a scoreless game, right? Outside of the Cincinnati game. Cincinnati not known for defense, by the way, right? It's all fun attack to watch. Um, but they've only scored, you know, one goal outside of, uh, of the three they put up. So I'm going to still stay positive. Hopefully I don't regret it. I'm going one zero inner Miami over Chicago. 
I'm going to clip at that in my brain and remember the, how positive you are when we go to record this next week. So, uh, I was made yeah. for the so, pain, hey. baby. Oh, I know. I know you were. Uh, so, hey, talking about some uh, noteworthy headlines from the MLS this past weekend, as we already touched on, St. Louis cannot stop winning. Uh, you know, 4 0, first ever expansion team to do it. Good on you. Congrats, boys. Congrats to our boy, Indy Vasilev, for being a part of that squad. Yeah. Uh, good to see him smiling and laughing and doing his thing again. Did we shadow Damian Lowe for scoring for Philly in the CONCACAFs? CONCACAF? No, uh, we did not, sir. Champions no, League? Yeah. You know, leaving her Miami. Go do great things. Hi, Lewis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't. We just closed up the wounds, and now you're kind of ripping mine back open. Please stop. All right. Uh, some head scratchers here. Philly and Orlando both suffered shocking losses this weekend to some floundering clubs. Uh, you know, Philly, I was expecting them to continue their uh, I don't know, bounce back after we beat them, and they ended up laying an egg to Montreal. It was a 3-2 loss for them. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like that they were going to be okay. It seemed like they were going to be able to go into Montreal, or I'm sorry, go in against Montreal and do their thing. Uh, and then they give up a penalty to Kyoto in the third minute. Bang. Okay. Uh, Ure comes out and scores in the 46th. Uh, Ure scores in the 60th. And then our boy. You can't. You can take the boy away from Inter Miami, but you can't take Inter Miami away from our boy. Julian Carranza gets a yellow card in the 58th minute. Sees red in the 69th minute. Shout out to the sexy time red card right there. Uh, Damian Lowe gets subs in the 87th minute, and then all hell breaks loose. All four scores in the 90th minute, and Kyoto scores in the 90th plus eight to yeah. kill off the Union. Yeah, good times. Yeah. What a good, good ending. What a the, fun ending. Eight minutes of added time. Oh, uh, that's what uh, it's about. Yeah. I'm sure Philly was yeah. pissed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm sure it. Yeah, doop, doop, is what it is. Let's move doop, doop, on doop, doop. to something. The doop. Uh, let's talk about something a little more fun for you and I, though. Charlotte came out swinging in the 26th minute. Got a goal for Copetti. Vargas scored in the 37th. And... Orlando just looked like a stumbling prize fighter, not really able to get into it. Uh, they 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 just looked off. And I know this is a team that listen, okay, let me back this up. It's hard to say that they looked absolutely terrible because they are predicted to be one of the better teams in the East. But the way Charlotte has played, I did not expect Orlando to come out and look like this. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, disagree? I agree. No, I agree. It was certainly embarrassing for them, which is thoroughly enjoyable for us and any Inter Miami fan. Yes, absolutely. Talking about more pain, but this is one I don't necessarily enjoy. Houston rocked the socks off of uh, Austin. Austin is still reeling from their 40,000 shot attempt game against Violette in the CONCACAF uh, league Mm -hmm. uh, where they got bounced by... Violette was Haitian, correct? Yeah, it's like the most successful Haitian team. Yeah. And uh, and it was something like there was a a significant, uh, like some of their players weren't there because they couldn't get visas. And then they hadn't played like a competitive match in like 200 and something days or something. And they just can throw whatever squad they could get into the United States and could run around and kick a ball and they end up. They end up having a beautiful Cinderella story and taking down 
Austin, which was one of the most feared teams of all last season, still has many good players on the roster, but they're really struggling uh, this season as well. Yeah, and you know we're not going to sit here and talk about CONCACAF Champions League, but it should be known, I wasn't lying, Austin had 35 shots to <laughs> Violet's six. Oh my gosh. 35 to six. No. Possession was 76 to 24 in favor of Austin. Austin had 91% passing accuracy. 91. Oh, all right, all right, all right. And, dude, I need you when we get done recording to go look at the <laughs> shot. Go like I don't know if you can see it. Look at the shots. Like oh it is my all goodness. over the place. Oh my goodness. So 35 total, 10 on goal, 14 missed, 11 blocked. But we are not here to talk about that game as much as it would be fun to break that down. Um it's wild, bro. You know. Yeah, I will say Austin kept Houston pretty much in check uh, for the first little bit of the game, and then Bossy scored a PK in the 71st, and who else? Hector Herrera put the final nail in the coffin for Houston gotcha, gotcha. to yeah, to put that uh, beyond all doubt. So, you know, good on you, Houston. But, again, I, I don't hate Austin. So, you know, you kind of – you know, I, I don't like to see it. That, just for me, I, I wish they'd bounce back and start to do something. Uh, another thing I don't like to see because I, I do like him a lot. Jack Price, captain mm-hmm. for Colorado, former Wolverhampton Wanderer, uh, ruptured his Achilles. He is out for the remainder of the season. Uh, yeah, we wish Jack the best. Uh, he is he is a class player. He is a class individual. Uh, so you know, definitely going to be hurt. That's definitely going to add more levels of hurt for Colorado, who's already stumbling through their season trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. I mean, and some more interesting news, uh, one I'm actually contemplating about going to, since it's so close, mm-hmm. the MLS all-stars found out that they will be playing Arsenal at Audi field in July for the, uh, you know, the annual break for the festivities. It's going to be awesome. We haven't played, Arsenal in several years, I do believe, for the not since they've MLS been top All-Stars. of the uh, the EPL table, not since they were an actual really productive and goal scoring team. Anyways, I hope they bottle it. I hope they bottle it, and then we get to watch their tears flow as they come into Audi and lose to the MLS All Stars. That would just be my preferred experience but um no it is good to see that this is coming back i've never been a huge fan of any all-star game in any format i do like the fact that it's going to be the actual mls all-stars playing against a high level of competition mm-hmm. whether it be uh you know i personally thought since united's coming over it'd be them yeah or you know an arsenal or um barca real Bayern, the whole nine yards well, i'd rather see that game yeah but there's still time that man you plays in miami I still think we're so going to have one of those games was, in the summer. Yeah, that's another thing I was going to bring up. So United is definitely coming on tour. They're coming over here this summer. Um, and Phil Neville kind of put out a tweet, uh, making it seem like he was trying to maybe pull some strings mm-hmm. with Beckham mm-hmm. and see if that's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I already told Lucy as soon as that is announced, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I'm, you're going to lose me for a whole weekend. I'll rightfully, be there. Rightfully uh, so. What jersey are you going to wear, though? That's the question. What kit? So, so the battered herons gave me a little bit of shit for this uh, on Twitter because mm. they asked me the same question. Mm. I would, mm. I have my pink Manchester United mm. jersey ready okay. to go. Okay, I'll accept that. Game. I will accept that. Yeah, you do yeah, have uh, you do have a, a a Man United tattoo on you, and you don't have an Inter Miami tattoo. So that is Not fair, yet. and it makes sense. Just who 
you know, is involved with the club. Uh, Chelsea's also coming yeah. over. We'll see what happens with that. I uh, did see them announce so, uh, their U.S. tour as well. So, With we'll that see. being said, though, it sounds like it's possible, and I've heard it's either this year or next year, that the top six are going to come over and do some sort of, like, uh, tournament or, like, the big six from the from the Premier League are going to come over and do some type of U.S. tournament. Oh, that'd be cool. This year, next year, or the year after. So kind of like international uh, champions cup vibe that, that was happening yeah, yeah, several yeah. years ago. Nice. Nice. That'd be, that'd be, yeah. I think great for so, the league. Well, that, and it'd be great for like, I'll never forget myself going to see United for the first ever time down on FedEx field. I know I've already planned on taking Riley to his first United game. Cause it's one of those things that you don't ever forget all the people you see on TV and all of a sudden, boom, yeah. they're right in front of you. Yeah. We have more access to the MLS players, so it's not quite the same shock at all as if you see, uh, I know, like if Erling Holland came over here and you got to sit down and watch him play in front of you, that would be absolutely outstanding. Or when Leo showed up for Argentina to uh, Miami and played at Hard Rock Stadium, I know the crowd was absolutely bumping because Messi was in yep. their backyard. So, yep. And it'd be uh, less painful if it was United scoring seven goals on Inter-Miami versus like Barcelona, right? At least for you. I don't know. Um, it's one of those ones I would hope <laughs> I sound such like a fair weather fan. I would hope it would end in the draw to a degree. Cause I know like, <laughs> I don't think De Gea is going to be, I, I don't, I don't think there's gonna be certain players that would come over. So I know it's going to be a B side. Uh, I, I, and if it ended up with both teams scored goals, I'd be cool with it. I'd be like, right, think, cool. I saw wait, the best of both worlds. You don't think Rashi or Bruno's coming over? Depends on the euros and the Euro qualifiers. Uh, I guess right? so. You don't think Anthony wants if, to come do five consecutive spins on Drive Pink Stadium? No, no. But if if Rashi comes over, Kennedy's going to be in tow because whenever he's on the screen, she's like, oh, it's a, it's, his, it's her first love. She's Rashi, 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 Rashi score, Rashi score. So it's hard to not love um, Rashi. Correct. I but hey, I, I digress. I am going to remember that for the rest of my life. Um, team news. Not much to talk about. Um, Tyler Hall and Brian Destin, you've heard their names on the podcast before. They both earned their first MLS Next Pro contracts. Uh, congrats, fellas. Uh, Tyler Hall and Brian, like I said, are both Academy products. And Tyler actually plays for the U-17 U.S. Men's Youth National Team. So, yeah. uh, again, um, keep your eye on our Academy. Really excited about Destin, though. Really excited. Mm-hmm. I remember playing somewhere in Texas watch the tournament man this dude has got some serious skill and i know we've alluded to this several times over the past two seasons three seasons and that it was going to be some years before we start to see the the fruits of the academy and man it, it is definitely looking good and we're not there yet still going to take a couple more years these kids got to grow they got to level up in terms of age and experience still but they will be here soon, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great to see their growth, watch them play with the first team. It's going to be great for the club to be able to sell some of these products as well, make some monies here and there. So it's starting to uh, – the snowball has started, and it will only accumulate the more it rolls. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome to see uh, how everything starts to play out for some of these kids. But – you know, I got a lot of shit last week because it wasn't featured and in my extremely tired and short-lived podcast episode for the NYCFC match. They're but getting withdrawals. Time. They're getting withdrawals. I know. I know. It's time. Some fiends out there. For OnlyFans. It is time for OnlyFans. OnlyFans. It is time. With the T. All right. 
with a th not a <laughs> fa or a pha we don't condone that a, no 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 but make your bread do whatever you gotta do all right <laughs> all right first question jay who is the most underachieving player on the team so far this season oh buddy boy underachieving like of the like the main starters i guess uh any player i guess is what they're asking i mean of any play it's it's still so early to say um in my in my eyes right i don't want to get shit for this because it's still very very early but in my eyes, Stefanelli has not been what I think he was advertised as. Um, it's hard to criticize the guys who aren't really playing a lot. Um, but Stefanelli, I was just expecting more. And he, I think he's got to do a better job of, of being that de facto 10 and creating the chances. Um, so that's who I would go with. I hinted to it earlier, but to a lesser degree, I... I uh, it hurts me to say I'm such a pro uh, supporter of of Brazilian players, but I just I don't think I don't know. I was really kind of a lot happened to Gregory in that NYCFC game before the injury, and um, it was just really kind of mind blowing. He's been a pretty consistent little pit bull for us, but this season, um, you know, there has been some some struggles. So those would be uh, my one and not even one A. I'm say like one and like my three B. Okay. Okay. I am yeah. in agreement with you with Stefanelli, but in fairness of not copping out and making that my answer, because to be fair, it was going to be, um, you got to look at Yosef. You got to look at what, again, <sighs> another player. Hold on. I'm going to, no, no, no. I say it. Yeah. I, I yeah, I was going to, I was kind of shocked at why you didn't, but you know, we talked about Stefanelli, you know, in fairness to you, we talked about Stefanelli. He looked like he was going to be the real deal. So be it. But the expectations from Yosef were were almost not really expectations, but like this is a certified fact that he's going to come in. He's going to score goals. He's going to be that guy. Boom, boom, boom. Done. And it's not fair to him because he's not getting the service, but it's also not fair that he's not creating his own chances. So I would go with I would go Yosef Martinez. Um, I think we need to write these down. And then revisit them in a couple months, see how right or wrong we were. See how it goes. But um, the players are somewhat yeah. intertwined as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, next question for both of us there, sir. For both of our kids. Okay. Would you rather see them play in the MLS or would you rather see them over in the England Championship? Mm. So. <laughs> Where would you want? <laughs> where would you rather see Quinn play? Oh, where would I rather see him play? Oh, gosh, selfishly, I would say the MLS. If it could be a handful of teams, specifically Inter Miami, I would love to be able to to watch him um, play for Inter Miami and be able to just go watch every game, right? And being the the town we lived in, and. Um, we were talking earlier, right, about practice. Like, it's starting to click. And I'm not going to be that dad's like, oh, my kid's going to be a pro. But, like, I just – I hope he follow, finds the true love and passion of this game and really does excel. So, selfishly, I would say that. What would be the best for him? I would say the championship, right? EPL championship, 
for those of you who maybe don't watch EPL, it's, it's right below EPL, right? It's basically the USL to the MLS. You could say MLS Next Pro, kind of feeder system, whatever, but minor league, right? And I think that's probably where he would get the most exposure in terms of the eyes of Europe, which, you know, if any kid's growing up, you're not growing up wanting to be an MLS soccer player making $612,000 a year max salary. You want to see that, uh, that killing Mbappe money. Yeah. Right. So I would say championship. Where where would you do? I've always had an affinity for England and the game and the fan base and the, the absolute love of all things football over there. Like they've, I've had dreams of, of seeing him walk out on a big pitch, mm-hmm. you know, the pride mm-hmm. swelling in my chest. Mm-hmm. That's my boy. Yeah. I don't care if he comes on for a five minute cameo. Yeah. He made it. He yeah. did it. Realistically, MLS. <laughs> because again, I'm not going to be that dad, like you said, who's going to be like, oh, yeah, my kid's going to go pro, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's a different world over there. They inject it into their lives so early on. And not saying that we haven't, but it is literally everything they do. We have baseball diamonds over here. They have soccer pitches. They, yeah. they go out and play football at, re- at recess. No, they're playing, you know, actual football yeah, at recess over there. Exactly. So there's a lot more sports not, in the U S that other kids are, that kids are focusing on. So but, the, the talent pool is much bigger over there. That and one thing I found out because actually one of Riley's teammates is moving over uh, an hour south of uh, uh, Bayern or Munich. I'm sorry, oh, Munich nice. in Germany. It is actually almost all free for the kids to play over in Europe. That's what Zlatan so there's not, was saying. Like, yeah, that's the most so shocking like, thing is it's a pay to play sport. Yeah, and I'm not afraid to 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 put this out there, but like for Riley's Academy, I play I pay probably. Fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a year just for him to be able to play. Mm-hmm. I would rather him be able to go play somewhere for free, but still get the high level coaching. Yep. Yep. Uh, and there's nothing wrong. You know, he has a great academy, great coaches. They're all fantastic. But that's also you're giving more folks an opportunity over there to chase their dreams. So, long-winded answer. I know. I would love to see him walk out in an English field, whatever. But I, 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 I realistically, I agree with you, and everyone should be aware of that game. as well. And like I said, Zlata mentioned that. What was the biggest shock about American soccer, right? The fact that you that it's pay to play. These travel teams cost thousands a year. Where in in Europe and the rest of the world, it's the world's game, and you can play no matter if you are from the upper echelon, wealthy, high society, or if you're 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 from you know the the less fortunate areas or the the more impoverished areas. And and that's that's what the sport should be. So um, just wanted to to reiterate that yeah and you know for those of you who don't have kids that play the game the one thing you don't understand is yes there is academy cost and entrance fees and, and trial fees and whole nine yards but you also have site or you have uh, kits that are on cycle so you know we just ended up missing the beginning of a two-year cycle so we bought 250 dollars worth of uniforms last year and then we have to buy 250 dollars worth of uniforms this year you have to buy new boots maybe one for indoor one for outdoors that's two sets of boots every year if not three or four um so there's a lot that goes into it i like the english model and you know the european model where it's more free to uh more free and accessible for the kids moving forward this question is aimed at me i know we've talked about it before but uh, i've been asked again uh, how did i become an air miami supporter 
Uh, so obviously David Beckham United, the whole nine yards. I knew that with Beckham coming over and creating a team, uh, I wanted to be part of something that was brand new. I didn't just want to jump into a fan base and say, Oh yeah, I've been here. I, I know all about your history. Da, 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 da. Um, you know, I, I did watch some Toronto matches. I tried watching some DC matches. I know it's shocking for you because you always say this, but I actually never watched Philly play until inner Miami came up, even though they're my closest team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did watch some Columbus crew matches and I followed Will Trap over and was happy that we got him from uh crew to inner Miami. So, uh, yeah, honestly, it's been the fact that obviously Beckham had made the team being a United legend, but also when I first came down that the fan base was so welcoming, you know, everybody was, you know, I knew some folks from uh, online, whether it be discord, Instagram, Twitter, we all met up, we had a great time. Uh, it wasn't contentious in any way, shape or form. Uh, and it's so hard not to. Not to love this team. (laughs) It's just so hard not to love this team. Like. I get pissed off. I storm out of the living room. And then the next morning I'm throwing my inner Miami hoodie on and I'm getting ready to go out the door. So yeah, I mean, that in a nutshell, uh, I could never see myself pulling for, you know, DC. Um, couldn't see myself pulling for Philly, Columbus, Cincy, definitely not New York city, uh, Red Bull maybe, but even then I'm proud that I've been there from the beginning. I saw the team's first ever goal live. I have been there since day one of their inception. So, yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much answers that in a nutshell. Uh, Good answer. I like that was it. Pro- probably one of our best questions we've gotten in a while. Um, last question. Uh, do you think, and we kind of already touched on it, but just to re- re-solidify, do you think our away form will continue into our home game this weekend? Why or why not? You know, I'm not a smart enough person to give the analytical answer to it. Um, Weather could be a small factor of it, but I've never really understood exactly why teams are better on the road versus home. I think there's just something deep down inside of everyone that's more animalistic about protecting your your home turf. Your own fortress. Um, I think you get invigorated by the crowd, knowing that they're cheering and singing and yelling for you, not giving up. Um, and I think, I don't know, it gives them energy and you don't want to let the the fan base down in person. And I'm, I think, honestly, and also, you know, it is MLS. Anything can happen on any given game, right? 15 worst team in the league could beat us. But I think if there's a good game to bounce back on, it's against the the team that is last in the East right now um, and hasn't really looked too great and is missing, uh, you know, really their star uh, midfielder. Um, but, yeah, I don't have, like, an analytical answer of why, but I think it returns. What do you say? I, hmm. I know I've watched the game long enough. You know that there's just a different atmosphere, like you already alluded to, from playing at home compared to playing away. Some teams inexplicably have a greater home record and they go away and they have, they look like absolute dog shit. Um, I'm, I know I said two, one loss. I'm still going to say we lose, but I think we look significantly better. Um, I think we, we get a little bit of that home cooking. We get, we get uh, more confidence going forward and, you know, maybe this will be a good springboard into 
you know, some of our schedule after this match. I mean, we, we have to go to Cincinnati. And then we have, in April, uh, a home match against uh, Dallas. But then we have to play two back-to-back tough games against Houston and Columbus. So, like, we need to find some sort of solid footing now. And or it's going to be uh, it's going to be a problem. I don't know, you know, in the only home game is against Dallas, right? I mean, it's a it's yeah. a it's a road month basically. Three three road games. Um, now, granted, you know, April, Columbus still be cold. Cincinnati could still be cold, but not freezing temperature. So, hoping the boys are a little bit more more comfortable out there. But it's going to be April will be a tough month. Um, I think it'll be a good indicator of um you know kind of where we are in terms of form and what we're going to be getting into but then dude it really doesn't get any, any easier in may because we're going against atlanta new england nashville our rivals up north in disney world um and then montreal new york so you know it's gonna be it's, we got some tough sledding up here uh, ahead of us but hey that's how it goes baby that's how it goes it's way it's way the world works man and uh if we push through, if we can get some good results, and obviously we're not going to win every single game, but, you know, get in a form, get in a rhythm again, find the confidence, get back to it, boys. As Kongaman always says, onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Gents. You know, sir, we touched on, yeah, we touched on that Orlando game real quick. Uh, are we doing anything special over that uh, that weekend, sir? We, we are not, yeah. We're actually, uh, we're going to watch that from home on the couch, I heard. Mm. I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. Not it's be flying Fest. down to watch it on your couch. There. <laughs> it's Thanfest <laughs> 2023, baby. It's also uh, the second um, iteration gathering of the Intermommy podcast fan pickup game. Also partnering up with uh, the Siege, Black Herons United, uh, and Greenlot Gang uh, as well to get out there, have some fun, man. And it's free to anybody. Um, like uh, I saw. Austin Robillard, the homie from uh, the Heron Outlets coming. So, you know, free to everybody. If you're in a supporters group, if you're not in a supporters group, just come out, play some pickup. Going to be a good time. Uh, I think we're going to organize some some actual food this time. Girl out. We do have some people with a, a bit of a culinary background, so we'll have a very good time. Come out. You can meet Dan. You can shake his hand. You can ask him, you know, you hold your arms out. He'll grab you by the waist and pick you up in the air like he's Patrick Swayze. You know, he's built like that. Come see Dan, man. Come uh, have fun. We're going to see whose body breaks down first as some people that might be out of their prime. Oh, play a little footy. It's going to be mine. It is going to be mine. I uh, actually started doing some cardio to get ready for this pickup game. I'm taking it seriously. I'm coming in studs up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because I actually have to get on a flight after that game. So I kind of need to be in some sort of shape to get back Mm -hmm. home. But yeah, come on out. Join us. It's going to be a good time. Everybody's welcome. Now, there's going to be nobody turned away. Just come on out. Have have a great time. We're, We're here to bring everybody together under, you know, the unifying banner of the love for this game as well as this club. So, you know, definitely coming out. Want to see y'all want to meet y'all and uh, let's have a good time. Beautiful, beautiful, eloquent, sir. It's going to be Thank a you. very, very good time. Looking forward to that. Cause I was not able to be at the first one. Cause I don't know where I was, but I was somewhere traveling. Unfortunately, I will not be at this home game. So, um, just have fun for me guys. You know, maybe take a shot at, of the Dina for me. Right. Uh, anyway, Shout out to La Familia, the fans, the community, everyone. As always, we love you. You're the reason we do this. You can check us out on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast or on Instagram 
at Inter Miami Podcasts. Make sure you check out the other shows, Away Days and Traveler Chats. Holler at us if you want the Discord. Uh, we will have some other exciting news coming out from the I. Uh, MPC universe as well. I don't know why I call it Dino Vidente is what I meant. Uh, anyway, as we end every single episode, vamos Miami. Vamos Miami.